Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. It's been an interesting week, so I'm glad to be here with you this morning. I appreciate your prayers and uh, grateful just to have a chance to look at God's Word together. My original plan was to start a new series this morning looking at the life of David. And we will do that, but we're going to do it next week because this morning I want to do something a little different. I want to take an opportunity to speak to something Jason mentioned that we're going to be doing this morning out in the foyer. Uh, first ever Melly Park Church Ministry Fair. And so one of the things that I'd like to, to highlight about that, if you're new to Melanie Park, if, if you're trying to look for a church home, this is a great opportunity for you to kind of learn more about the life and ministry of who we are as a church family. Uh, for example, if you have small children, I would encourage you to stop by and visit with the Christies and uh, let them tell you a little bit about the children's ministry here at Melanie Park. They'll have our curriculum, the Gospel Project, that you can look at firsthand. Uh, they'll tell you about our security policy and what we do to keep your kids safe. And we want you to know about um, what's happening in children's ministry. Same thing with our student ministry. Uh, Bruce and his team will be out there. Chances are you, you won't miss them. It's student ministry. I have no idea what they have in store, but I'm sure it'll grab your attention, whatever it is. Um, but we do want you to know what's happening in student ministry because there's some important events coming up. Uh, here in the, in the coming weeks, and we want you to know about those. And most importantly, for both of those ministries, we want you to know our heart behind them, uh, our desire to partner with parents to raise up the next generation of Christian disciples. When it comes to parenting, we don't feel like we're called to do that for you, but we are compelled to do that with you. We want to equip you. We want to encourage you. We want to join you in that journey of, of raising up the next generation of, of Christian disciples. Uh, also out in the foyer will be an opportunity to kind of learn more about how to be connected in community here at Melanie Park Church. Probably the easiest way is uh, our ABFs, our Adult Bible Fellowships. I call it the on-ramp into community. It, it's an easy way to get connected with people beyond the, the general, hi, how are you doing, that takes place before the Sunday service. Uh, if that's all you do, there's really no way to develop meaningful relationships through that alone. And ABFs is an easy way to kind of get introduced because it's during the first hour. It's smaller groups of people. We have some great teachers that are teaching different things. Um, and if you're new to Melanie Park, I'd actually encourage you to go to all the different ABFs and kind of see the different styles of teaching and where you might fit best um, because there's some great options on Sunday morning. And if you've been at Melanie Park a while and been in one of those ABFs for a good while, I would encourage you to try something different, <laughs> to go to a different ABF, to meet a different group of people and kind of uh, get acquainted with some folks that you might otherwise not have a chance to meet. So that's an easy way into the community here at Melanie Park. Probably the, the most important way, so if, if ABFs are the on-ramp into community, then small, gra small groups would be the main highway. We think that this is where most, the most meaningful uh, connection in community takes place. Small groups of people who are committed to, to living life together, to opening scripture together, to talk about how those truths apply to daily life. And, and they really are committed to, to doing that together. So if you're not in a small group, this is a good morning to get involved. There's going to be a sign-up out there and would encourage you to to ha take the opportunity to get involved in a small group and 
get a chance to know some people. It's really a very safe place. Um, uh, been in small groups for many years, and some of the most meaningful relationships that I have at Melanie Park came through relationships in these small groups. So I would urge you to be a part of that. Um, the other thing that you'll have an opportunity to do uh, this morning is just sign up to volunteer. None of those ministries take place without people volunteering to serve. So I would really encourage you to consider ways in which you might want to be a part of the life and ministry here at Melling Park. And the ministry fair is intended to expose you to those opportunities. So I would invite you to be a part of that. So the moral of this story is don't get in a hurry when you leave today. Just meander through the lobby, see what's out there, see if there's something that you might want to get more connected with, and that's why we're doing it. So the other thing I want to talk about this morning is just... Um, the number of people that went out from Melanie Park this summer to other countries around the world. Uh, Meredith Hardy went to Mexico. Um, Claire Bruffy went to Thailand. We had several families that went to Africa. The Ma uh, Doug and Sherry McAlpine, the entire Haverdink family, uh, Macy Tapp. They all went to different places in Africa. Uh, just this last week, Clint Connor is serving in Guatemala and will be back, I think, tomorrow. So we've had some neat exposure from different people um, in different parts of the world. But one of the things that I've noticed as I've talked to people about their experiences is that there's a common theme around many of them. Uh, the Haverdinks put it this way. They said, we went to a three-hour church service where people literally walked miles on foot to get there and nobody wanted to leave. A three-hour church service and nobody wanted to leave. Now think about that for a minute. Because if I tried to pull that off around here, we would have a rebellion, right? I mean, you start getting antsy in your seat when I'm 10 minutes over. I can see it, right? <laughs> Three hours. And nobody wanted to leave. <laughs> Let's be honest. Church is important. But let's not get carried away. We've got other things to do on Sunday, right? We're busy people. But my question is, are we that much busier than they are? Are, are our lives just more complicated that we can't spend three hours because we really don't have three hours? Or is it a matter of priority? Because from what I've learned about these believers in these other countries, very often their lives are much busier and entirely more complicated than ours are. But fellowship for them is a whole different priority than it often is for us. So why is that? What's the difference between the church in Africa and Melanie Park Church? Well, to be honest with you, I think it's a pretty simple answer. I think it can be answered in one word. Persecution. Persecution. Persecution changes your perspective. See, I'm pretty sure they will not be having a ministry fair this Sunday in Africa. They won't. They won't be asking for volunteers and for people to sign up. Not that that's a bad thing. But they don't do that because it's not necessary in that context. Because community is a key to their survival. Ministry is just a way of life. It's how they function. It's how they live. 
their life together in that fellowship of believers is a lifeline in a very dark and persecuted world. You see, in the absence of persecution, what we do together is an elective. It's one of many possible options to choose from. And I'm not telling you this in order to make you feel guilty. We shouldn't feel bad that we're not being persecuted, okay? You understand that. Now, that may change in our lifetime. But for now, we have a lot to be thankful for, and we shouldn't, be feel, we shouldn't feel guilty for not being persecuted. But at the same time, let's not overlook the possibility that we may be missing out. What if there are some blessings hidden in some unlikely places? Some unexpected rewards discovered through small steps of faith. Because I believe if you look in Scripture, you're going to see example of this over and over again. So maybe it would be good for us to consider what that looks like for us in our world today here at Melanie Park Church. So before we do that together, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we open your word, we want to do so humbly. We realize that there are people around the world who do what we are doing this morning at the risk of their life. They live in a world of persecution where openly confessing your faith in Christ could cost them their life, put their family in danger, or lose their job. And none of those things really even hit our radar because it's not a part of our experience. And we don't invite those We don't want to be in persecution as if that's the better option. We are thankful for the freedoms that we have in the country in which we live. But at the same time, Father, we don't want to be lulled to sleep by the comfort of those privileges. We don't want to overlook blessings that may be in store if if we had the right perspective. A perspective that's a lot easier to come to in a world of persecution But can you help us see some of that this morning without having to be in that place? Just open our eyes to your truth so that we can see it for ourselves. We pray this in your name. Amen. So if you would, go ahead and pull out your bulletin because what you have there is my sermon title and then a blank page. And I want to give you something to write, okay? Three things. We're going to make it real simple this morning. I want you to write these three words down. I believe these three words are key attributes to a life of ministry. These are, in my mind, blessings that uh, are in unexpected places. Okay? Here are the three words. Surrender, sacrifice, and service. Surrender, sacrifice, and service. We're going to look at each of these individually. Because I believe hidden within each of these examples is what I call a paradox of faith. It's something different than we might expect. An unexpected reward in an unexpected place. Let me give you an example. If you would, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. Here is one of those examples of a paradox of faith. Beginning in verse 38, Jesus says, 
And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. For he who has found his life shall lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake shall find it. This is a paradox of faith. It's the opposite of what we might expect to see. Because ever since we were kids, we were told, look, if you really want something, you got to go for it. Nobody's just going to hand you success. You got to earn it, right? And there's some truth to that. But not when it comes to faith. Jesus says, you can actually gain the whole world and still forfeit your soul. You can have a life filled with all kinds of success and still come up empty on the other side of that. If you really want to find life, Jesus says you must be willing to lose it. He says he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus is describing a very simple step of faith that enters into a great reward. It's the belief that what he offers is greater than anything I can achieve. So instead of proving my worth in what I achieve, I accept my worth in what he accomplishes. I'm forgiven because of his sacrifice for my sins. He does for me what I cannot do for myself. I must surrender. And my surrender is actually what sets me free. Which again, from a world's perspective, from a logical sense, that makes no sense at all. My surrender is what sets me free. For example, during a time of war, if you surrender, what happens? You become a prisoner of war. You're held captive because of your surrender. And yet, when it comes to faith, your surrender is actually what sets you free. Free from guilt and shame. Free from proving your worth. Free from trying to earn what deep down you and I both know we don't deserve. When Jesus invites us to lose our life, he's calling us to surrender. A willful decision to relinquish control. It's a step of faith. Trusting him to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And the great reward for losing our life is eternal life. Now talk about an exchange here. The scripture says that He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the exchange. Our sin for his righteousness. An unimaginable treasure discovered by a small step of faith. It's a paradox of faith. It's freedom through surrender. Let me give you another example. Turn to Matthew Chapter 20, verse 16. Matthew chapter 20, verse 16. Another familiar 
passage and a paradox of faith. In verse 16 it says, Thus, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Now you may remember, this is kind of a closing statement that Jesus made after a parable he tells uh, during his ministry. I think we looked at this parable this summer. It's the parable of the workers, where each of the workers were hired at different times during the day. You remember? Some of them were hired first thing in the morning. Some of them were hired midday. Some of them were hired late in the day. But when it came time at the end of the day to distribute the wages, the owner gave everybody the exact same amount. So as you might expect, those who worked the longest, those who were there first thing in the morning said, wait a second, (laughs) this is not fair. And from a worldly perspective, they're exactly right. Because rewards from a worldly perspective are administered based on comparison. I get a raise at work because of my performance in comparison to other employees. In school, I get a scholarship as a student because I have better scores or better results in comparison to other students. But that's not how it works with faith. Nobody gets into heaven based on comparison with other people. We've all sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus told this parable to give them an unexpected truth about the kingdom. The truth that in the kingdom, nobody deserves to be there. Nobody. No one has room to boast. No one has room to complain. In fact, we'll all be grateful because everyone will realize that nobody deserves To be there on their own. Salvation is a gift from God. Not something that we earn. And so if I'm not competing with you. Then that means that now I have the freedom. To consider your needs as more important than my own. I don't have to get ahead. I don't have to prove my worth. I don't have to stay on top. Instead I find great reward through my willingness to sacrifice, to give something up. You see, that's the example that Christ gave us and the life that he called us to. We'll remember whenever he washed the disciples' feet. You remember nobody else was willing to do that, right? And so he did what they should have done and then tells them, I've done it so that you will go and do the same. This is the life that I'm calling you to live. It's a life of sacrifice. And within that life, there is great reward. It is a paradox of faith. If I've got nothing to prove, then I'm free to serve. There's another passage. I'm embarrassed to say that I ran across this one for the first time this week. (laughs) And I read this and went, this is an amazing passage. How have I not seen this before? I gave it to you in the ESV because it reads best that way. It's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It says this. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And one who waters will himself be watered. 
It's a paradox of faith, right? This passage is teaching us that those who make that commitment to care for others, who consider the needs of someone else as more important than their own, who live a life of surrender, who live a life of sacrifice, that in the end, they are the ones who ultimately walk away with a blessing. It's a paradox of faith. That you become richer the more you're willing to give. And don't think about this in worldly terms. This is not financial gain here. Okay, This is talking about spiritual blessings. Because the fact of the matter is, very often the more money you have, the more miserable you are. right? So that's not what this is referring to here. This is not a means of financial gain. It is a means to spiritual blessing. It's a paradox of faith. Where investing your life in ministry pays the dividend of spiritual blessing in ways that you simply do not expect. Where what you receive seems to far exceed anything you ever gave away. Where the one who waters will himself be watered. The one who gives grows all the richer. This summer, we have a perfect example of what that looks like. Through our time at Camp Eastridge, we had people who were willing to sacrifice some time, to give some things away. And those people will tell you that they came home feeling like they were the ones who received the blessing. And you're going to have a chance to hear from one of those people this morning. Christy's going to talk about that. But before Christy uh, comes up, I've asked Bruce to tell you a little bit about what took place and then show you uh, a little video of uh, some of the action there at Camp East Ridge. So, Bruce. just wanted to take a moment to give thanks and praise to God for his work in us and through us at Camp Eastridge in Amarillo. August 1st through the 5th, a group of about 30 or 35 or so students and adult leaders, we went to Amarillo, uh, the Eastridge community, where we got to spend five days working with this um, um, uh, uh, refugee community. Sorry, blank there. Refugee community. And we got to throw camp for them. We had a morning camp where we got to lead um, elementary kids and just have a great time with them. And then we did, after, then we did an afternoon basketball tournament, and people showed up for that. That was pretty fun. We had a little dance party in the middle at halftime. That was fun. We played a song of ours and danced, kind of. And then, and, then, <laughs> and then they played a song, and they whooped it up. So <laughs> it was fun. And then um, after that, we had a, a big pizza party. Uh, and I think some of you, I probably gave money for that. We had a big pizza party, got to feed the whole community, the whole group. I think we ordered like 60 pizzas. Crazy, right? And then after that, we ran camp for the older students. So thank you. I just want to take a moment to give thanks and praise to God for that time. So bear with me. I'm going to read a list of just praise and thanks. And I include some of you in there. So listen in. We thank you, God, that you're the God of the harvest and purposed to save us. And now allow us to be laborers of your harvest. We praise you, God, for how you answered our prayers and raised up laborers to work the harvest in the East Ridge community in Amarillo. We thank you, God, for how we were able to partner with East Ridge Baptist Church and Trinity East Ridge Church. We praise you, God, for Pastor Mike and Pastor Russ, who faithfully labored in this refugee community and who inspired us to think more missionally 
We thank you, God, for those in our church body who gave so generously during our fundraisers and offerings to make this trip possible. I praise you, God, for my beautiful, supportive wife. I couldn't do this without her. I thank you, God, for my brother, my boss, my partner in ministry, Jason Martin, who partnered very closely with me to dream up and pray through this mission trip with me. I praise you, God, for the Brains team who met every Sunday morning to think through the details of this camp. Your input made this camp excellent. I thank you, God, for the middle school and high school students who joined us to work in the harvest. I praise you, God, for their selfless service and for how well they engaged in this multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi-faith community. I thank you, God, for Karen Literal, who texted me the day before we left for Amarillo to see if there was anything she could do to help me get ready for this trip. Thanks, Karen, for running the many errands that day. I praise you, God, for Christy Burns and Christy Connor, who did all the grocery shopping, food planning, phone calling, baking, cooking, and deep cleaning for our week. Thanks for helping us. Uh, thanks for keeping us well fed so that we could have energy to run camp. Your administrative skills are a gift and a blessing to our church. I thank you, God, for Nancy and Larry Brackett, who joined us for a couple of days to serve however needed. I praise you, God, for using Larry and his building skills to build a legit gaga ball pit and sandbox. They were some of the most popular activities we ran. I praise you, God, for Alex Sanders, Claire Bruffy, Karen Literal, and Julie Tidwell. You are the world's greatest youth leaders. <laughs> Thank you for loving our middle school and high school students so well on a mission trip. Thank you for the Christ-like example you set. I hope I can grow up to be like you all someday. Thank you, God, for Zach Sims playing the role of referee during our basketball tournament when we needed someone. Your willingness to serve, however, and your Christ-like attitude is an example we can all learn from. That was not easy, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. I praise you, God, for how Jake Hodge deeply connected with our friend, Sir, about a seven- or eight-year-old boy. He was in tears as we said goodbye. I thank you, God, for Reese Sands and Caroline Tidwell. I think they're seventh and sixth, no, seventh graders. Uh, to share, and how they got to share the good news with Tita. Tita. She was a six-year-old girl full of questions. I praise you, God, for the multiple ways all our students show the love of Christ to this community. I praise you, God, that we had 50 kids at both our elementary camp and our middle school and high school camp. I thank you, God, that you spoke boldly through Pastor Mike and Pastor Russ as they shared their testimony with us and the gospel with the middle schoolers and high schoolers who came. I praise you, God, for the Sapisa clan and their involvement at camp for a day. I'm personally thankful to Todd and him changing out their batteries on the smoke alarms. We slept so much better without beeping every minute all night long. <laughs> Thank you. I praise you, God, that we got to partner with Trinity Church to
help be a part of the backpack giveaway where about 800 kids from Eastridge got free backpacks, school supplies, hygiene products, haircuts, and face painting. And I thank you, God, for our youth who led the face painting. I thank you, God, for the work you did in us and through us. And I'm especially thankful for the work you did in Christy Hodge. I was, it was a privilege to have you on our team, Christy, wherever you are. <laughs> Thanks for allowing the Lord to do a work on your heart. I could physically see the change in you. You came a little scared, a little anxious, but you prayed. And God met you right where you were at. By the end of the trip, you were fully engaged and ready to do whatever God had for you. I, th I think the Hodges even have plans to go back, to go see Sir. You'll have the privilege to hear from Christy later, after the video. And please forgive me if, there's, if you had some part in this and I didn't mention your name, please forgive me. <laughs> there were so many people involved in this trip. I just didn't have time to mention everyone. We'd be here a while. <laughs> But do me a favor, if you could, please stand. If you had the opportunity to be involved at whatever level, whether fundraising or prayer, if you could, if you all could, please stand if you are involved in this camp at all. Go ahead, you can stand up. If you had the opportunity to be involved in this camp. Thank you, God, for raising up these laborers. For the harvest is plentiful but the labors are few. Thank you, guys. Good morning. My name is Christy Hodge, and I had the very unexpected privilege of getting to be at um, Eastridge Camp for the whole week. And um, I will say I tried to type this out word for word, but I was just staring at a blank computer screen. <laughs> and so Brad said, just speak from your heart. And so that's what I'm going to do. And I hope it's not too rambling. Um, but yes, God definitely worked in me, for sure, in unexpected ways and gave me lots of unexpected blessings. Um, for the past 17 years, I've been working with little kids. I have not ventured downstairs <laughs> with you guys at all. But now I have four kids in youth group. And um, this was an easy opportunity to do a mission trip. It was inexpensive. It was close. And I thought, well, you know, I'll do that. That'll be fine. But I definitely had certain ideas in my head of what it was going to be like. Um, and the blessings were just uh, uh, unspeakable blessings, really. Um, I will say that on Sunday, the, we went the Sunday before to go hand out flyers in the neighborhood to advertise the camp. And um, so I went along on that. I went downstairs, and I walked in, and I looked around. <laughs> and I'm, I, I say by far, the oldest person there. Um, you know, it's all teenagers and young adults. And um, there's no other middle-aged women there. <laughs> and I thought, oh, gosh, what, what is this? And then Bruce hands me the keys to drive a van. And I... That should have been my first clue that <laughs> this is not going to be what you're thinking. But I went on the trip, um, and I really fully was expecting to help the other Christies in the kitchen. We were three Christies, K1, K2, and K3 in age order. Um, I'm expecting, okay, I'm just going to 
be in the kitchen, kind of hiding back there, you know, um, not really doing a lot out there in front. Um, and then the first day, Bruce asked me, Bruce said, hey, Christy, I need you to lead nine square. And I think he saw the look on my face, and I saw the look on his face. And it was just a moment of surrender, you know, of just being like, okay, God, this is not what I thought I was going to do. But whatever you want me to do, <laughs> just show it to me, and I'll do it. And it was a hard moment. It, there was a lot of battle going on in there, but I knew that's what I needed to do. So it was, like Todd said, just um, that paradox of what I was expecting and the unexpected reward of it. Um, also, though, something I was not expecting <laughs> was to learn a lot from watching the youth. And it was just that classic moment of the students becoming the master <laughs> and me learning from them. And I also, Bruce, I jotted down some things. I know I'm not going to get everybody here but I learned so much from watching you guys. I watched Candace. Um, she was out there. We were playing a game of, you know, how, how long can we keep the ball in the air? And she was out there leading that, and I played that with her. And I watched um, Zach and Jared and Chase. All of y'all are such natural leaders and just led games and did such a great job with that. Um, I think of even Jake and um, Lydia Pruitt. They were always there in the Gaga ball pit, which was so fun, leading games there. Um, and then another thing I was supposed to do was be in charge of the uh, craft table. And so I'd get a little girl and bring her to the craft table. And, I mean, just this horde of girls would be around her suddenly. Ellie Hodge, Ellie Bruffy, Madeline, Caroline, and Ansley. Um, they were all just right there on that girl. And so I just kind of stepped back and let them do their thing. I mean, these youth had it. You know, I, I know you need adult leaders there, but I, I, I didn't feel like y'all needed me at all. Y'all did such a great job handling everything on your own. Um, and even Byron and Suzanne, you'll be glad to know I asked Pierce to take out some trash for me, and he did it without a single complaint. <laughs> and I'm sure he was thinking I could have stayed at home and taken out trash at home, you know. And, but he did that. Um, and then also... Um, even just from uh, Alexander's and Claire and Julie and Karen and Bruce, all of you guys sleeping um, in the bunks with the kids. I know y'all were up much, much later than I was. <laughs> and y'all were probably up earlier than I was each day because I was staying somewhere else. And so, um, again, just another unexpected blessing of ways, just a way that I was served um, by having you guys stay there in the bunks with those kids and just giving me a little bit of time, you know, to be away and just have a little downtime because the Lord knows that's what I need. Um, and it was so neat to see friendships form, to see um, Ansley and her little friend in the pink jacket with the hoodie. Y'all were together all the time, you know, and then to look out in the grass and see Michaela Cochran sitting, there was a picture of it. She's sitting in a circle with like seven little girls and they're all wearing their you know, their, their traditional dress, their headdresses and their long dresses and everything. And she's just right there in the middle of them, talking to them and just being friendly, friendly and loving them. And that was such a neat thing to see. Um, and then, of course, Jake <laughs> and Sir. That was such a special friendship. And, um, I mean, they were such little buddies, such sidekicks. And they were always looking for each other. Where's Jake? 
and sir would call me Jacob's mom. Jacob's mom, where's Jake, where's Jake? And, um, and yes, Bruce mentioned it, but at the end, sir was sitting there on the ground just in tears. And so we, I mean, all of us loved him. We all loved him. He was such a little bright spot of sunshine. And so it was really neat just to see those friendships form just over the days. Um, so I mentioned that, you know, I thought I'd be out in the kitchen kind of the whole time. And eventually I just kind of wandered out and was like, all right, what needs to be done? And you know what I did? I picked up a lot of trash off the ground <laughs> and cleaned a lot of things, cleaned tables. And again, this is stuff I can do at home every single day. But I kind of realized, you know, all these guys that are serving and doing the camp, they need people to serve them and to take care of them. And um, I just thought, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm, I'm just going to serve these servers and do, wherever, do whatever God leads me to do. Just keep my eyes open for what it is that he might want me to do. And so, um, again, just that unexpected reward in serving the way that I serve. Um, and then also, I just wanted to thank, like, um, the Brackets, the Sapisas, the Sims were there. Um, Margaret Woodfin came. Um, Tim Cochran came. Even just all of y'all popping in, you know, to just see us, even though you weren't there the whole time, you know, and could just stay for the amount that you stayed. I mean, what a blessing and an encouragement to us, too, just to have y'all um, pop in and see what was going on and help however you could. And then the last day was the backpack giveaway, which I think was the most tremendous day of all. Um, after we finished cleaning the kitchen and the bunks and everything, I was like, well, I'm going to go over there and just kind of see what's going on. And so I walk over, and, I mean, it just was a breathtaking moment to see hundreds of people there getting their backpacks. But also, I, there's all these people wearing these yellow shirts, and I realized those are the volunteers. I mean, a hundred or more people volunteering out there to serve this community. And it, like I said, it just took my breath away. And then so I was standing there talking to Bruce, and I noticed there's these kids right here, and they're getting their hair cut, and well, there's like six barber chairs here, and these kids are getting their hair cut. And then, well, here's all these kids waiting to get their hair cut. And I realized these are um, students from a barber college that have come to give free back-to-school haircuts to these kids. And that was the moment that I just lost it and realized um, just the amount of service and sacrifice that was going on. And that was, I don't know why, that was so emotional to me to see that. Um, and then at the end, I don't know if any of y'all saw this, but at the end, the whoever the leader of that barber college was, she had all her students rallied around her, and they were having a little pep rally, and she was telling them what a great job they were doing, and they were all cheering and whooping and hollering, and it was so neat. It was just so amazing to see so many people come together to serve that community. Um, and it truly was an international experience without having to leave the country, you know, to see. I mean, there are people of I don't know how many different nationalities. I believe there are 30 languages spoke in the elementary school that is right there. Um, there were many parents who could not speak English. Their children could, but the parents could not. Um, and you saw people dressed all different ways, um, people with names that I could not pronounce. Um, it, and so it just really was 
an international experience without having to leave and get all the shots and do all the paperwork and all that kind of stuff too. <laughs> um, and then another thing, you know, that I really struggled with was um, thinking, oh gosh, I am, again, I don't have the energy that you guys do. I'm so much older and thinking I'm never going to be able to keep up with them and I'm not like that out in front, wild, crazy, dress up, you know, loud kind of person. That's just not me. And I had a lot of struggle with comparing myself to other people. And again, like I said, I just was finally like, God, I'm just going to serve the way that you want me to serve in the ways that, that, are good, that I am good at, I guess. Um, and so that was just something that I had to let go of, you know, not comparing myself to others. Um, and just trusting the Lord, a big, big step of faith in trusting the Lord there. Um, and so finally, I would just encourage all of the parents here that have um, kids in the youth ministry, for y'all to know that God is at work in your students' lives, definitely. Um, they are, as God, Todd said, the next generation of Christian disciples, and they're doing a tremendous job. Bruce is doing a fabulous job leading them, all the youth leaders I don't know how y'all have the energy to do what y'all do, but it truly is um, a blessing to see. And so, um, oh, and one more thing I did just want to mention too. One thing that I noticed was there were several um, moms there in the community, you know, with little babies, nursing their little babies, you know, chubby, cute little four-month-old babies. And I just realized, gosh, those moms are just like me, <laughs> you know? I had a chubby four-month-old baby once, and um, they just want someone to talk to. They just want a glass of water to drink while they're nursing, and they just want to know that their kids are loved and taken care of and fed and happy, you know? And so, I don't know, it's easy to see those differences because of the way someone is dressed or the language that they speak, but we're just really not all that different. So it was a week of unexpected blessings for me. It was a big step of faith. It wasn't what um, I had in my mind, but there was a greater reward waiting for me. Um, I'm glad I didn't know it beforehand, but I'm also glad I know it now because it makes me excited to um, do some more things like that in the future. And I hope that it um, maybe just excites you guys a little bit too to know what reward can come out of serving in that way. So one of the things I've often said uh, is when we come here on Sunday morning and we look at Scripture, the truths really seem to oftentimes uh, kind of stare us right in the face, right? It just... How did we not see this before? Kind of like that passage I showed you in Proverbs 11. Have I not read that before and been impacted by it? And a lot of times we feel that impact, but we talk about how the enemy has these little detectors as you walk out the door that erases your memory, and you forget all those truths that you just learned the second you were in here. Well, I want you to know that over the weekend we've moved those. They're now on the exterior doors. So you're actually free once you walk out of these doors to go in and put into practice the things that we learned this morning. Because those booze are out there for you to find out ways that you can take steps of faith, like Christy talked about. And I'm going to ask you to consider those based on the promise of Scripture. That <coughs> he who gives is made richer. 
that he who waters ends up being watered. That when you contribute in ways that you may not feel that comfortable doing, that when it's all said and done, you're the one who receives the blessing. And you're not going to see that coming. So just take some time. Don't get in a hurry. And spend time together um, like the people in Africa are doing this morning. Because it's their life. And we can do the same. Let's pray together. Father, I am thankful for this church family and opportunities like Camp Eastridge this summer where the goodness of their hearts is put on display. And I realize that that is possible only because of what you've done in those hearts. The redemption, the rescue, the hope, the life that is there because of that great exchange where you took our sin and gave us your righteousness. Father, we live in a world that kind of dulls our senses, and sometimes we are immune to uh, the truths that are so powerful. We're so reluctant to step out of our comfort zone because we like things that are predictable uh, and easy. Uh, But Father, we often miss out on some of the greatest blessings in life uh, in those comfort zones when, in fact, when we step outside and try something different, meet someone new, invest in relationships, plug in the community, uh, serve in ministry, uh, we walk away with the greater blessing than we'd ever imagined, ones that we didn't see coming. So I pray for each of us this morning that we would take some time, spend some time together, fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would consider the opportunities to be more committed to life and ministry here at Melanie Park, uh, a life that you've called us to as your people. Uh, that our light would shine bright in this world in which we live. We pray this in your name. Amen. Have a great day.